Welcome along to this week's edition of 20 Minute Topic with me, Marcus Stead. And as usual, I'm joined by Greg Lance Watkins. Homelessness is a big problem in the United Kingdom. I recently had a phone conversation with Greg where he came up with a remarkably simple yet effective way of bringing dignity and safety to the homeless. This is going to be a fascinating discussion. Greg, I live in Cardiff and the problem with homelessness in this city and indeed in many other cities around the United Kingdom has got worse in recent years. It's very noticeable when you're in the city centre doing your shopping that you see uh, tents in, in, in the main high street and on the side streets as well. There's problems with begging and aggressive begging in some parts of the city centre. And this isn't common just to Cardiff. I'm hearing similar stories up and down the United Kingdom. I notice it when I visit other towns and cities. And it is undoubtedly a problem that needs addressing on all sorts of level, on a human level, on a safety level. You and I spoke on the phone about this quite recently, and you came up with a great idea, I think. And it was an idea that I posed some quite tough questions to you over the phone, and I'm going to do the same now. It's a big idea. It's a radical idea. And now I want you to take a couple of minutes, if you need it, to explain this idea of yours to listeners, and then we'll look at the potential flaws in it. So go for it. The floor's yours. Go. As far as I'm concerned, homelessness is as much a product of our legal system as anything else. Um, we have this arrogance of society that believes that everybody should want the same things. Um, because the people in authority see themselves as middle class and upper middle class, um, they insist on everyone must want what they want. Well, I've got news for them. They damn well don't. A lot of people want completely different things. There are people, and there always have been people, who have wanted to be itinerant and not live in a set home. There have been other people, we used to call them tramps, who tramped around the country from job to job or from no job to no job, very rarely begging in any way, offering services, frequently manual work. Uh, if we go back far enough, we have the Navi. Well, they were the navigators who built the inland waterways. Many of them were Irish, and they moved around the country living on site. Now, taking this idea on, we now have rules and regulations for building homes. A home must have a ceiling that is X high. It must have X number of rooms in it. You must have the following facilities in it. Well, immediately, you are talking of cost and pushing up the price of those houses to occupy more of what little income some people have. Why are we doing this to people when this means that ever greater numbers of people become homeless? There is, in my opinion, a very simple solution that is very cost-effective for society, and that 
solves the problem of homelessness in a very big hurry. Very inexpensively for society and very much to the advantage of the people who aren't currently living a despised, um, preyed upon life, littering our streets and demeaning our streets for many people who have the values of this so-called middle class that imposes building regulations and housing regulations and regulations of what you're allowed to do and what you're allowed to say um, on people. That is to set up inexpensive housing, and by housing I mean privacy, security and a shelter. This can be done uh, in one of two ways, either in an out-of-doors manner or an indoors manner, I would suggest, uh, particularly in urban areas, um, the indoors manner, namely a large old warehouse. And within you can do this outside or inside, um, whichever suits the circumstances. One way to do it is have a some of one of these old warehouses the very big largely unoccupied warehouses nowadays because there isn't call for them you put into that warehouse 10 foot wide by 20 foot long steel containers you space them eight foot apart from the longitudinal axis you place another one on top overlapping the one below by one foot so you've got eight foot between them you would have a roof over that eight foot which would be the the container above you can insulate with between the two for sound so that the sound from um, the upper container does not immediately transfer metal to metal to the container below you can have them with communal toilets every, I don't know, every sixth container and a communal um, shower unit every sixth container in the space between the containers. Uh, you can have a walkway along the uh, narrow end of the containers, cut a door in the container, put a window at both ends, put a locking door with a heavy-duty padlock on it, and they own a key to this, and they pay a nominal sum for it, that it is theirs and they have continuation of ownership. They must obey certain standards in terms of hygiene and the like for their good and everybody else's, but they can do what they like in there. It's their own home. This is a very simple idea, but there are certain hurdles you would need to overcome to implement it because the problem of homelessness, okay, the sort of, there are people around who wouldn't want to live 
the sort of middle-class lifestyles to which you referred, and you've given historic examples of that. But you've also got people who've been in the armed forces and are traumatised and need psychological help to reintegrate into society. You've got people with drug and alcohol problems. What I'm saying is that some people, this would be a temporary way of getting themselves back into society, and for others it would be a more permanent arrangement, wouldn't it? Yes, entirely. And the other thing we can do is if you want to live in this system, your benefits are administered through that system so that you can eat in the community uh, cafe on a subsidised basis. That will give some of the people in the system a job running the cafe and keeping it tidy that is paid for by the nominal uh, rental and costs uh, that the rest have to pay. So you could start out with a, a pod of five of these homes together, i.e. five 10-foot by 20-foot containers, and you could have the communal, communal facility for that, or you could have 50 of them in one site, hmm. and better facilities could then be afforded for the 50 as communal facilities. Because what you're saying is a simple idea, but that there are hurdles along the way, as I mentioned a moment ago. Now, for example, you mentioned food. Now, the idea you and I discussed is that they would have um, two options per day, heavily subsidised meal. So therefore, they'd have to be cooking facilities on site, presumably. Or it's delivered from a central site. That's entirely up to uh, the council that is running this new style of bottom-end um, council housing and what about things like washing facilities washing machines that sort of thing for clothing it, they it's... have a lot mm. or they have a bucket on their landing that is their choice mm. and therefore th- there, there is a, a health and safety element to this in that there are good reasons why every building that, that's built nowadays there needs to be two ways of getting out of it these sort of things would, even in those conditions, you know, fire escapes and so forth, it would all have to be taken into consideration. No, terribly easy. You've got a window at both ends. And, and how, would you, how would you propose to heat such a large building in the middle of winter? You don't heat it. That's their problem. But in, in winter, that could be, well, they're, they're living on the streets in sub-zero um, temperatures. What about if it's sub-zero there? They might want to live in sub-zero temperature. It's their problem. If they want to save up and buy themselves a little heater, well, that's their problem. Okay, day-to-day life in such a facility then. Should there really be ways for them to earn their keep? Because they'd still have to pay for their meals and for their subsidised rent and clothing. For some people and the sort of problems they have, managing these things would not be easy. I read in a Sun article today of a Serbian Muslim refugee who was probably an extreme case but who had four wives and 23 children that the British taxpayer is paying 320,000 pounds worth of benefits to per annum. We should quantify that this was in the sun so it might not be true. Um, Let's assume that it is a 50% inaccurate Mm. If we can afford to do that, we can damn well afford to set up these little pod housing units. And when I say token rentals, if all they want is the box, then 
by all means, let them have the box and make it a fiver a week out of their benefits. Mm. Now, anyone can afford that because anyone in Britain gets a degree of benefits if they are socially inadequate to work or in other ways survive. Mm. Those who are living on the street have problems with benefits because they have no kind of address. Mm. This overcomes that. They've got an address, and we do not make it a demeaning address like the um, tin houses at the end of row so-and-so. We give it a house name and a sub number or letter. Yes, that gives them a degree of dignity as well, and that is the start of them getting, if they if they want to get their lives back on track, and that is, you know, that they eventually want to move on from that system, that is a very good first step. But everyone who's homeless has got a story to tell. Some cases you talk about the navvies and so forth historically, um, but, the, you know, people with drug and alcohol problems. There needs to be, for those, once they are in this location and they have their bit of privacy with their locker and everything else facilities to help them okay you can only help those in life who want to help themselves in my experience no, they don't they don't this just isn't true how it's totally patronizing to say help them lots of them don't want to be helped they want to be left a bloody loan but quite a and lot of them do quite a lot of them were somebody once upon a time and they've had alcohol problems or drug problems or they've been by in the armed forces make the help available to them but don't make it compulsory. What you make compulsory is a certain standard of behaviour that makes it possible to have this unit for the benefit of the majority of the people in it, i.e. you're not allowed to have loud music after 10 o'clock at night mm. or before a certain time in the morning. Anybody who wants to listen to loud music during those times can put it on headphones. Mm. Mm. But if you can hear it um, in the next cabin, or whatever you want to call it, the next unit, that is unacceptable. Just as you don't want to be annoyed by other people, you must accept the rule that you mustn't annoy them. So... In terms of this idea, then, it's a very simple idea, and I can't think of any downsides to it. Why do you think it hasn't been done already? Because some bloody do-gooder has said that you've got to live in a house with the following facilities, and that it is demeaning to live in what appears to be sub-economic, and the society shouldn't provide this. Oh, no. It should provide an arch under the bloody railways in the middle of a city being stepped over by people on their way to the tube. I'm sorry, I just don't buy into this social wokeness of councils. Why have we got all these people in councils? Why is why are councils so incredibly expensive to run? Because they're doing all sorts of things nobody wants done. We're having currently, where I live... They are putting in a cycle track that's costing over one and a half million. And I drive past it regularly into the little town by, near where I live along a pothole-strewn road. 
Yeah, but there's stories like this everywhere. We saw in Cardiff, where I live this week, there's it's talk the of... It's the lunacy of bloody councils. There's, there's talk in Cardiff now of the main, um, the main road route past Cardiff Castle in the centre of town, turning one of those into, into a cycle lane or, or actually blocking off traffic altogether. Well, I always say, if you're serious about stopping people taking cars into the centre, the first thing you should do is improve public transport, make it reliable and affordable and easy to access. It's none of those things at the moment, but you do it in that order. You get that sorted first, then you worry about getting uh, cars out of the city centre. If you do a job and it's important you arrive on time, you cannot rely on the public transport system in Cardiff. That is a fact. So, yeah, I, I take your point on that. But going back to where we were a moment ago with th- th- this facility, if you like, this lockup, call it what you will, should there also be a way, therefore, for people to make a small amount of money, whether it's helping with the cleaning or the cooking or whatever, you know, because there'll be communal showers and so forth that need to be maintained and toilets well, and everything that. else? I said that. Mm. Yes, the people within it have an opportunity to earn from the other people in it for the facilities they provide. Mm. Mm. Whether that happens to be the person who um, clean um, does all the washing up in the little restaurant, mm. or the big restaurant, depending on how large that, that site is, um, the person who prepares the vegetables gets another rate, um, the person who does the cooking, and you may also find that um, a unit with 50 properties in it, each one has to pay um, two quid towards uh, somebody to manage the whole site. Mm. Mm. Um, They might opt not to do that. They might opt to do it on a committee basis. But that is up to them. Stop having so much government and so stuffed full of professional busybodies. The problem you've got is that, okay, a lot of homeless people would be willing to do that and play their part in, in such a system, but you've also got some who have got such complex problems of one sort or another that they would struggle to hold down a job, actually turn up in the kitchen and do their bit or cut the vegetables appropriately. They or... don't have to. Mm. It's the ones who want to earn a little bit more whether they want to spend that on um, a better calibre of alcohol, um, entirely up to them, mm. as long as their alcohol doesn't make life untenable for other people in that unit. Yeah, the thing is, though, there's a problem with what you've just said, isn't there? Because alcohol, okay, we've all been to parties where people have had a bit too much to drink and it gets a bit rowdy. If you're in a large facility like that and people who, a significant number of them will be alcoholics, should there even be alcohol allowed in this facility? I don't think that's any of anybody else's business. It is if it... Inter- you just, no, 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 no. It's just the same as um, we must stop making laws and enforce the ones we've already got. Yeah, well, that's all very well and good. And but if you're, if you're sharing a facility and you've got no, people living the other same. side of you... This is the same. You get two warnings and you get chucked out. But then you've got a homeless problem again, haven't you? Because some people uh, just won't no, follow the rules. No, that's not a homeless problem. That's somebody who has chosen not to obey the society's rules. And the homeless should be endlessly moved on. In other words, make it untenable to be homeless. So... 
you obey the basic rule of you do not make other people's life a misery. Do you think this idea will ever actually be implemented or do we need to radically change, well not ourselves, but the attitudes of those in authority need to radically change because the way I see it, they won't even consider this at the moment. And they have absolutely no humanistic right to not consider it. They should be ashamed of themselves because what they're saying is they find it completely acceptable for some people to be completely homeless with no prospects, no future, no support, no shelter, and no decent food. That level of bigotry from those in charge is an absolute disgrace. Well, I don't know about you, but I can't think of many downsides to Greg's plan. Feel free to drop me a tweet with your feedback. I'm at Marcus Stead. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.